Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today a film that takes place in France just before the French Revolution. It's about a famous chef who takes to the countryside and during the process of healing and mentoring others, invents the very first restaurant. The film is currently on Apple and Amazon Prime, and it's rightfully called Delicious. I love it. I do too. I'm Smollier Haley Hamilton Cogill, and there is nothing better with a foodie French film than a foodie French wine. Nice. Uh, particularly one from the home of Versailles, the Loire Valley. Yoda Dog and I gave Gary a little Father's Day treat. Um, we went up to Santa Barbara for Father's Day weekend, did some wine country, had a fantastic sunset concert at the Santa Barbara Bowl. All in celebration of Gary. Oh. Gary should be celebrated every day. We're going to get to more of that in just a bit. But first, let's toast delicious. I was I, I love this film. I do too. It's it's impeccably made. Yeah. And of course, it's in French. It's, and so it's in French, so, so that's the only thing. Make sure your subtitles are on. Yeah, make make sure they're on. It's a hundred percent film on Rotten Tomatoes. It's amazing. And critics gave it, I think, about a ninety-two percent audience score. Uh, it made close to about— No, 100% from the critics, right? 100% from the critics. That's fantastic. 92% from the, the audience. audience is really good. Yeah. Yeah, because usually there are a couple bad apples in there. But it, the, the film is a, like a modest to not a huge hit. I mean, it, it made around $10 million in Europe. It's just now arriving here in America. It was a modest hit in Spain. It made more money in Spain than it made in France. Because the Spanish love food. Because they love food. So it's 1789 in France, just before the French Revolution. And uh, and this chef who – explain this to me how this – back then, chefs did not have restaurants. They cooked for the aristocrats, right? Well, they had – yes. Their, a restaurant was was – well, they didn't exist. Yeah. But you had inns. You had inns. And there obviously had to be somebody who, who was cooking in an inn. Mostly sloppy food. But it wasn't, yes, it yes. wasn't refined. It wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, it, it was, it was like, it was like road food. I mean, it right. was, it's, you, you, you had a, a bowl of something because you were staying overnight. Gruel. You had a and, bowl of gruel. Well, and it wasn't, it wasn't, it, there wasn't anything refinement to right. it. I mean, that's kind of the best. There wasn't, um, it, it, and and it wasn't a, a, a well-thought-of profession. And, you know, there's still a lot of people that don't consider being a, a, a chef a, a good profession. Well, they're wrong. Yeah, Those and they're just wrong. insane. I think it's completely wrong. And we've gone the other side because they've become rock stars now. Exactly. Right. But we, um, but yes, if you were, if you were good at your craft— then you then you worked in the house of of a nobleman, or or you worked in you worked your way up. You started young as as an apprentice, and you worked your way up. And so here we have this bigger than life chef that reminded me so much of our <laughs> of, of our, chef our friend, friend Andrew. Andrew Ormsby um, that that runs the kitchen of a of a nobleman's house, um, and he does because this guy loves 
the creativity and the whimsy of his food. Unfortunately, though, at this time in France, you can't you can't have whimsy. You have to create things like everybody else. And it's all excess. It's yes, and huge. it's so excessive. And it's big, huge platters of and and this is also right oh, before big, the big huge bon marché. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And 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 right before the revolution when people in the streets were, you know, that this is let them eat cake time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's they're you all know, dying and starving. They're all dying and starving. And, and there's and so And they're all much wearing excess. wigs and lots of pasty makeup yeah. and they're just it excess, excess. Yeah. But he starts to experiment a little yes. bit and he makes a little potato truffle. Bit. It was like a, a poof. It was yes, it was basically it was a truffle. Oh my god, it was a potato and it was a truffle layered little bite. Right. That he calls deli- the delicious. The delicious. And yeah. but it's not on the menu. It's just yeah, it's like a people. little it's yeah. it's, it's like it's, an amuse bouche. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically it's just like a little a little a little gift from the chef, a little treat. Right. Oh, and those French, all the snooty friends. They're all sitting down in this like Excessive. Excessive table. All it's excessive food. And what's that? I'm saying that in my French. <laughs> what's that? And, and and it was actually the preacher man that that right. called him out. Preacher man didn't want you to have the oh, truffle. Man. Um and threw it on the floor saying it's always it was, somebody from the church <laughs> mucking things up. <laughs> saying that it was it was pig food. And you know what? I'll take the pig food. Pig food day. because pigs go dig for truffles. And the pigs eat potatoes and yeah. the and yes. and um threw it on the floor. The guy gets fired and boom. Now he has to reinvent himself. And so he shows up in the countryside at this kind of inn where people stop by and he just is rehabilitating himself, and he just kind of starts to cook. And this woman shows up, and she's rehabilitating herself too, and she has a past. And she shows up and wants to pay him to be an apprentice to him. And it's weird. And it's kind of dirty and filthy, and the kitchen's not— the kitchen's Swanky. There's no copper. There's no linens. They're all kind of dirty and just— and they're planting a little garden, and he's really difficult with her. But she comes along, and you learn about her, and you learn about him. And all of a sudden, they start making really great food and becoming kind of famous. And and at the, and just the food in the movie alone is right up there with all the food movies that we usually watch. Mm-hmm. And it's impeccably made, and it's directed by a guy. They're written and directed by Eric. I think his last name is Besnard, but it's B E S N A R D. And it is, I, it's a mouth-watering movie, uh-huh. and it makes you want to eat and drink while you watch it. Absolutely, if you can, if you can try to get on that level. But it's these are really good actors, and it's a really good film, and it's it's out there. And I think the ending is really satisfying. Yeah. I like the ending a lot. Uh, without giving it away, it's you know it is the formation of kind of the first fine dining restaurant in France and how that all came about. I guess that story there in that country is probably pretty well known. Probably, yeah. But it's you know the first time the first time you put up a table, and and, and you have a waiter that comes out you know in a fine dining atmosphere at an inn where horses are going by and carriages right. are going by and people are starting to find out about it and they don't know they don't even know what to call it yeah and do you put a sign up and what do you charge how yeah how does anybody uh, how along, does service work along the countryside know that you're there and yeah. that's and that's just what 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 was so cool is yeah. this very word of mouth. Very organic kind of uh, creation, yeah. 
um, with with really beautiful, yeah. really beautiful food. Yeah, it's called delicious. And and yeah. again, I'll I'll take that little that little that little pig's food any day if you just if you just want. It's another reason it reminds us of Andrew yes. Andrew Ormsby because we've had truffle nights we've with had him. Truffle night and that are just, that are I don't I don't even have words for how stupendous truffle night always was. Excessive and yeah. beautiful and yeah. and adore him so much and um like the beautiful truffles i do adore the wines of loire valley and i thought it'd be kind of a fun pairing um the northwestern uh french region it's about an hour and a half outside of paris had a chance to visit um a handful of years ago and then you came and met me in paris which was just glorious um list uh winding its way through the countryside along the loire valley uh along the loire river and it's 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 the land of versailles it's the land of thousands of chateaus it's kind of known because there are just these massive glorious uh, chateau and 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 estate houses and and vineyards and rivers and little inlets it's so beautiful and, and and these incredible Silex or Flintstone filled soils that create these these vibrant, um, smoky Sauvignon Blanc wines, like the gorgeous wines of Sancerre, the the, the minerally rich Chenin Blancs from Vouvray. And what I think is kind of a fun pairing um, for for delicious is their red wine, which is Chinon um, from the the Chinon C H I N O N from the and so Sancerre is like a little a little read a little village within Loire. It's also become how how Bordeaux or how France. Um, defines their wines is is not by the variety it's by the region it's by the, by region. the little village that it's coming from so this little area um that in within um Chinon, it's, it's very again all of these gorgeous chateaux and all these these big huge homes um the the in 1429 within this region uh charles the seventh received joan of arc there which is kind of really? an interesting thing that Fun. she was on her mission, mission to con- convince him to conquer the kingdom of France. It didn't so work out very well for her. Didn't work out too well for her, but yeah. we we love that. So um, the main great variety, though, within uh, Chinon is uh, Cabernet Franc. And you know that I love Cabernet Franc. You it's, do. It's floral. It's um, earthy. It has beautiful red and and ripe red fruit notes, cherries and berries, and I I just love it. From here, though, there and it's one of the main varieties of Bordeaux, one of the the main um, blending grapes, right bank particularly, um, but grown all over the world. But from from the Loire Valley, the there. It's a cooler climate area, so it's going to create cooler climate wines. The Sauvignon Blancs are bright and fresh. The Chenin Blancs are bright and fresh. The Cabernet Franc are bright and fresh. Um, They actually often chill uh, the Chenin for for just a touch before serving it, kind of giving it that kind of cellar temperature um, to further accentuate some of that, that juiciness and that freshness and that liveliness. 
Um, at one point, the wines from Chignon were on the same level as they they were kind of considered to be as great as as a Margot or a, wow. something like that. Um, and there are lots of different options out there. There are, are wonderfully so many different um, producers that are being imported into the U.S. Are they pricey? So they 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 can be, but they're not going to be as expensive as like a first growth Bordeaux. Right. Um, and and they're I don't think kind of intended to be. It's a it's a great summertime wine to right. enjoy when it's really hot outside. If you want, it's it's. Because it is Cabernet Franc, it's going to be a little heavier than, say, like a a, a Gamay or a Pinot Noir or, uh, you know, or a Barbera or some kind of – but it does have great acidity. So there's nice freshness and 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 when you do give it just that little bit of a chill – it just has this nice kind of bright fruitiness. Wow. So it's what we had last yeah, night. Yeah. So because um, I wanted you to, I, I, you you were you kind of kept asking me about what 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 are we drinking, and I wanted to save it. So save it for the show, it, so we could kind of share a little bit. Really good. It was it was just an easy, and you know we paired it with um, a beautiful kind of a shrimp, um, just like a shrimp and fennel dish, which was also kind of interesting because it's a little bit lighter than than. Um, what you may typically pair a red wine with. But again, that little bit of chill was just a really nice way to, um, I think, tie tie them in. Um, and yeah, it's you can find one for $15. You can find one for $50. So yeah. kind of whatever. Affordable. And, but just, and again, I'd, I'd like a little, you know, put your Pinot Noir in the fridge right now also. You know, don't be afraid to put some of these red wines. I wouldn't leave it in your refrigerator for an hour, but... But 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, don't be yeah. afraid just to to give the the lighter reds. I, I also don't know that I would do that with a, a you know tannic heavy Bordeaux. Don't but, do it big fat cabs, right? No. But but you could certainly do it with some of these lighter, um, yeah. high acid kind of refreshing wines, just to 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 you know take the edge off of hundred degree days. One thing I've learned about you: so if I walk into a room of of sommeliers or wine writers or wine experts. I, all I have to say is Cab Franc, and all of you <laughs> like go, all of you. It's a it's a really cool thing. It's well, and especially you. And yeah. it's it's a it's usually used as a a blending grape, and so when it's on its own and done well, because there it can also not be done well. Sometimes it, if it's picked too early, if it's um, if it it it, ha, it tends to have these kind of vegetal green kind of green pepper notes that are not good, not good. <laughs> that you don't want right. but when it's done well and you do have this you know purple flower wildflower um highly you know aromatic bright fruit it just it mm. when it's done well it, it's it's really exciting mm. so, and, yeah i like it when it's done well hey thanks for the surprise <laughs> When we come back on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, a magical trip to Santa Barbara that includes some wonderful wines and a night under the stars at the Santa Barbara Bowl with Lyle Lovett and Chris Isaac. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. So I like to plan little excursions. And I like to be a part of them. (laughs) 
for for fun opportunities, any reason to get out of town. So for Father's Day, I planned a little a little drive up to to Santa Barbara from our Orange Orange County, new Orange County home. Because the wine region, the Santa Barbara County wine region, continues to surprise me. We shared a little bit about Janata wines on the last show, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I was excited. I we it was the trip took a little bit longer. You know, getting through LA took a little longer. There is some traffic. <laughs> Gary's an excellent driver. Um, What's but, Father's Day weekend too? It, yeah. I, I didn't really think about that. But it, yeah. once we arrived, um, so north of of Santa awesome. Barbara um, proper um, are it, it Santa Barbara County. It's a, it's a very large County, but it's, it, and it encompasses a lot of different little regions that, that grow very, very different wines. It's from the Santa Rita Hills. You have the cool climate, highly refreshing, um, great acidity, Burgundy, um, Bourgogne varieties, so Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Then you get further inland into like San Inez Valley, and you have more Bordeaux varieties. You have more Rhone varieties. Um, there are bubbles being made. There's it, it's it, it's kind of a, a a lovely mix of of a lot of different things coming together within one large region, right. one large county. Um, so we had a chance to to go to the metropolis of Lompoc. 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 We stayed we spent the, the night in Lompoc. Uh, yes. Um to uh the Hilts relatively new Howard Backen designed um barn to taste the wines of the Hilts and Janata. Um since we did talk a little bit about Janata last time I'm excited to to share a little bit more about the Hilt yes. which um, and one, that winery, that barn was—it's just beautiful, and it was—it was designed after an original kind of barn that was on this property that they tried to save, and it just had—it it was falling down. So they did reclaim some of the wood, but but the whole design was to look like this feature that had been a part of this this property right. for for generations. That's beautiful. And it's just beautiful. And it was all open air yes. and it, and the breeze was coming in. That was kind of, there are a handful of things that kind of define um, this region. One is this diatomaceous soil that looks actually like limestone. It's very white, um, but it's all fossilized um, plankton and algae and, and, and almost sandy. And and yes, yes, just broke apart. Um, almost yes, like a shale or a or a, a how slate kind of just just breaks in yeah. your hands. Um, and, and also kind of though with a, a clay te- texture, but the the vines because this it does break apart so so easily. The vines just dig dig straight down into the earth. One to to find nutrients, but also just because of it's so. Um, it, 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 it's almost like chalk, right? It yeah. just doesn't. Um, it doesn't. Uh, it, it breaks apart really easily. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one of the the key um, factors to why these the, kind of the character of this wines. The the soils impart a lot of minerality, 
a lot of of kind of that whetstone and 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 crush crush stone um, element into the Chardonnay and Pinot Noir wines. Also, especially when we arrived, the wind from it's I think thirteen miles from the the Pacific, but right. the winds were so strong. Strong. Uh, and like where'd they come from? Where'd they come from? And they come in every single day. Every and, day. And so that one ensures that the wines um, maintain their freshness. It also ensures that any kind of, um, that the wines stay, or the vines stay healthy because of the breeze will, you know, kind of blow off any mildew mm-hmm. issue or water issue or anything that that might um, accumulate during the morning. Um, and and the, basically, this kind of these two things coming together also um because it's such a strenuous um way to to grow grapes the berries themselves are very tiny they're highly concentrated um you don't get a lot of juice from them and and all of this together creates this very long growing season this kind of refrigerated sunshine growing season so hot days high winds, cool nights. It ensures that you have an, these, these incredibly concentrated flavors yeah. that, um, that just produce really, really beautiful wines. The, the hilts, um, too, we, we were, we had a, I love, I love doing side by side tastings. And so we were able to taste kind of their two main vineyard sites side by side, um, the Bent Rock wines and the Radian wines um, from these two different vineyards, though both very close to each other, very, very different. One Opposite ones. One lush, yes. one opulent, one pretty. The Radian, which were the Bent Rocks, um, Radian's more rugged, more earthy, more um, austere, um, beautiful wines. Just and and a really fantastic experience and 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 a really great representation, I think, of yeah. the quality that's that's coming out. Of, I was real surprised. Yeah, it was really fun. That was really fun. That was just all high end, beautiful, beautiful wines, beautiful wines, and reds and whites, absolutely. And then yeah. the next day, we had an opportunity to taste with Brewer Clifton, who Greg Brewer, Wine Spectator, Winemaker of the Year a few years ago, yeah. a rock star in the region for his Bourgogne varieties, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. The, again, a surprising thing because, as I mentioned, you know, the people that know Santa Barbara wines know how how great they are. But it's still not as as publicized as, you know, the word is not the first as, region I would think that of. I would think of in California. No, absolutely. I do now, though. And and but the beauty of the tasting that we were able to do with with them was that we not only tasted relatively new um, vintages, but we tasted 10 and 11, 12 year old Chardonnay Chardonnay. From California, usually that's like honey in a bottle. Well, and yeah, yeah, and 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 it's it's just not it's just not the wine. A lot of California Chardonnay has seen a lot of different faces over the years. Um, th- there was a time that it wasn't very good. Kind of, it went through a Merlot kind of thing. Mm. Um, it was, you know, lots of residual sugar, lots of oak, big butter right. bombs, um, but. Producers that know how to do it and know how to do it right, just get it right. And the Pinots were beautiful. Beautiful. 
But the Chardonnays were the real— That was a big surprise the, to me. The real excitement. And and also not only shows um, the quality of, of Brewer Clifton as a winery as a whole, which I've always—they've I've, always kind of been one that I really appreciate and, and have enjoyed, but that you, yes, don't be afraid to age your Chardonnays. <laughs> Make sure that it's yeah. a good producer, right. but don't be afraid because the beauty of these wines is they still had years to go. And the interesting element is that he makes the wines the exact same way every single year. So it's, it's, it's really allowing whatever Mother Nature has given him um, to to shine, you know, it's and eighteen months. It's neutral oak. It's yeah. or you know some partially new oak, uh, but there's it, it, it's the same fruit. It's the same process. It's the same time in barrel. It's the same yeast. It's the same winemaker. It's the same da 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 da. Yeah. So then also, how do you see the different? You know, how you're really going to see vintage variation, and to me, that's exciting. You want to have consistency but you want to be able to 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 see to taste what um this year gives you that next year doesn't right and again just the fact that that these we that these wines had were 10 years old and still had i don't know if they had a another 10, 10 but they could have at least had another five there was freshness there was acidity yeah. there wasn't any sign of of you know any oxidation or any kind of um, of the dried fruit notes that you start to see when oh, a wine they could goes lay down through. a lot. They could lay down. That's much what I mean. Longer. Yeah, yeah. It, there was there was still such brightness and still such freshness yeah. and still such ripe juiciness. Very exciting. I, I I I wish we had more time because I I would have enjoyed. You know, we could have we could have spent. Oh, we're going back another week and oh, yeah. just just going around and exploring and 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 tasting through the excitement that I think Santa Barbara has. In our home, if I just walked into the kitchen and said, hey, this is a 10-year-old Chardonnay we have, it was like, we got to open that now. Most most of them. Yeah. Yeah, almost all of them. I mean, but I also, the beauty of tasting in in a tasting room at a winery um, is you know that that wine has been perfectly kept taken care of. So that's the that's I think the the key. If you decide to buy a bottle of Chardonnay and put it on top of your refrigerator and hold it there for 10 years, it's no. probably not going to be good. I've learned from you that's not a good spot that's to store. That's not a wine. good not a good spot to store wine. Okay, part of our trip was uh, uh, you know, one of the focuses was to go to the Santa Barbara Bowl and I've been reading about the Santa Barbara Bowl and you got to see fourth row seats. Well, that's Gary we Gary loves a concert. We both I do. love We both do. We we love music. We love an event we love um we love to go see a show and we do and we love lyle love love lyle love it and we're friends with lyle yes yeah and so and just to be able to go so i've never seen chris isaac live i know all about i know chris isaac i know his songs <laughs> he does that almost yodeling thing that high-end kind of thing and uh he's always been kind of funny to me i think he had a talk show at one point and so they're sharing the bill, so it's not going to be two and a half hours of Lyle Lovett or two and a half. They're going to probably both play for about an hour and a half. But the Santa Barbara Bowl was built in 1936. It was an outdoor venue that the community did for the old Spanish days. They call OSD Productions, hmm. where they had riders on horseback, and the wow. stage revolved, and they had these big panoramas, and they're playing, you know, old Spanish-style music. 
And it had halted operations once before during World War II, and it reopened in, I think, 46 uh, as a big fiesta for fiesta festivals. Fine. And and then it kind of fell apart and needed to be renovated. And but next thing you know, they did some renovations uh, over the over those twenty years in the forties uh, on up. And Louis Armstrong would play there. Lawrence Welk, Harry Belafonte, the Beach Boys played there. But they kept doing their old Spanish Day celebrations. And then in I think nineteen sixty eight, uh, they they contracted to take over operations and, and improve everything. And at one point, um, um, they put about. I want to say $40 million into the restoration. And that was probably back in the 80s and 90s. And and next thing you know, that thing seats about 5,000 people, just under 5,000. It's, it's kind of like going up to Red Rocks. It's very intimate. And it's beautiful. It was so beautiful. And the beautiful. pictures do the pictures online to me didn't do it justice, yeah. but that's okay. You just hear about how beautiful it is. And you go, oh, outdoor Santa Barbara Bowl. And you go. Yeah. We've been to a lot of outdoor venues, and most of them are kind of cookie cutter, although Red Rocks is extraordinary yes. in Colorado. I would put this up there with that. And you can, and in one, a couple of vantage points, you can look out, and there's the ocean. Yeah, sunset was beautiful. But it's surrounded by trees, and it's it's on a slant, and there's not a bad seat in the that house. That was the, because I, I do, if, if we're going to do it, you I were wanna, worried about our seats. Well, if one thing, if we're going to, if we're going to have an experience, then I want it to. I want to give you the best experience I can, yeah. and so I did get us really great, row. great seats on the floor. And then um, what got a little bit worried because I didn't know. I thought we were on the on the slope, and yeah. instead we were on the floor. And I didn't know how that would, you know, the vantage point if somebody tall's in front of us. And then there was a tall guy, but he decided to leave. I don't he know left, where he a, went. and a little girl and, and came. a tiny little person <laughs> came in. So we, a we little forty-year-old woman came. <laughs> he had great, great view. <laughs> but really, any seat in the house, the yeah. the seat at the very, very top, was a great seat. It's so intimate that that you're you're not going to have really a a bad view. Yeah. And and actually, if you were up there, then you would be able to take in these beautiful surroundings a little bit better because it it was yeah. it was beautiful. They installed state of the art sight and sound there too. I mean, the sound system's great. Springsteen's plays there. Brandy Carlisle was there a couple nights later. Yeah, Steve Martin and 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 Martin Short and Martin were there Short two, were nights two nights Rod before. Rod Stewart Rod. was the night before. Yeah, Steely Dance played there. Bob Dylan was there on Wednesday. Yeah. Joni Mitchell, Olivia Rodrigo, uh, the Chicks are coming up. Josh Groban. The 25th Santa Barbara Mariachi Festival is coming up. <laughs> Robert Plant, Allison Krauss, Google Dolls, Jackson Brown, Marin Morris, Bonnie Raitt. I mean, this is just great stuff. And then Lyle. And how how good was Chris Isaac? Chris Isaac was really fun. I, I think he's as good a headliner. I always think of him as like he's an opening act, but he's not. Him, yeah. And him and his band is like a college. They're funny. They're like yeah. a college frat They've been band. together forever. And they've been together forever, and they're all really great musicians, and he's really great, and he's wickedly funny. Yeah. And we know Lyle's funny, but Lyle's dry. Right. Lyle's real dry humor. But, man, and then Lyle had his large band with him. He was missing a few elements. He was missing a guitar player and the guy that plays cello. Yeah. That looks like Troy Aikman. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but he had, you know, he had the three singers, and he had— the four horn players, and that was at one point that was a nineteen twenty twenty one piece yeah, band yeah, doing yeah. doing big stuff. I thought it was just great, 
And I'd go see Chris Isaac anywhere now. Yeah. I'd see him again. I would. Well, and I think half of the audience, over half the audience, they, you know. They were there they, to see Chris they, Isaac. They, they did a little who's who's seen me before. And, right. yeah, half the audience, I think, was there to see him and then got a, a fantastic surprise from Lyle because Lyle has a new album that that had a few really moving and beautiful, beautiful songs. Beautiful songs about his, you know, his, his him and April. Had twins, so his twins are what three, four years old now, and uh, but he wrote he wrote a song about them, and he wrote a song about his family, and kind of the the history of his family that goes, of course, is in Texas, but how the twins fit in now and them, and how he feels about them, and it's you know grandparents that are buried in a burial ground in Texas, and how it all ties together. It was just stunning. Yeah. Then he has a song that's kind of a little hit right now called Pants is overrated. <laughs> and it's a song about during COVID, everybody's kind of stopped wearing long pants. And he goes to the— Jesus he, knew. Jesus, and he, part of the lyrics are, Jesus knew. He just, you know, draped that stuff around and walked pants around in robes. Pants, pants is overrated. So yeah, yeah. And they have backup singers, they're all horn section, they're all 19-piece band doing pants is overrated as serious as you can get. Isn't that fun? And she's the she's the queen of of no K N O W K N O W. It's a song about April. Yeah, about how your my wife, she's the queen of no, and it's not N O. It's K N. She knows everything, and yeah. she knows she know one of the part of the lyrics is she knows what I need. Yeah, Isn't that cool. It's really beautiful. I feel the same way. Oh, You're the queen of no K N O W <laughs> on many levels. On s- anyway, I, I I can't wait to get back. Right now, it's one of the top five venues for me. Yeah. In, I, I want the us world. to go back. I actually started. I go to Santa Barbara Bowl anytime I can get there. And and I'll be excited to to take in a show from a different uh, angle. Was great, but yeah. I do think it'll be it'll be really nice to see. Um, I'd sit back up about halfway. Yeah, and yeah. and because then you really can take in the whole um, yeah. experience. And you know the cocktails we had some seltzers. And I it had was, a seltzer cocktail, and it was it was warm outside, and it was so refreshing, and it was just we just had a lovely time. And stayed I'll, in a cute little hotel. It was a great. We stayed at the Santa Barbara Inn. Inn in Santa Barbara. And, and it so, was the, so ro- the road from the Santa Barbara Inn on the ocean all the way up to the bowl, it's a little over two miles. And we Ubered there, but we walked okay. back. And yeah. and little did I know that we kept going by taco places. <laughs> That's Taco Alley. Oh, And so nice. they, they have progressive taco tastings on that street. We should do that next time. We walked by. It was kind of late at night. It was. It was a little. But it was, it was, but it was nice to, yeah, it was awesome yeah. to be able to walk back and, and, and it was a beautiful night and it was just a, a great trip. I, I, let's go back. Let's do it again. And I just want to say thank you. Of course. Thanks for the greatest Father's Day. Oh, that was just special. Next week on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, more movies arriving in local theaters and on demand. And as always, paired perfectly by sommelier. Haley Hamilton Cogill. Well, I can't wait for that, but to see what we're drinking now, follow my website at redwinewithbreakfast.com. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha.